Hello, everybody, or I should say hello to our three listeners, <laughs> three three or four listeners. Probably fluctuates. It fluctuates. Depending so. on people's time. Yeah, Everybody's well, we, we cherish them, you know. We do. we do. Maybe someday we'll have like five. Yeah. Okay. Let's not get carried away. That's asking a lot. Sunday, September 19th, 2021. Oh, the 19th. Wow. Yeah, the 19th. Uh, sliding into the end of September. Yeah, and uh, sliding into the end of summer. We go into autumn, fall. Leaves are already changing around here. And the temperature has cooled down very nicely. Cooled down very nicely. The air is very clear. Thank you, firefighters, first responders, and everybody that was continues to do a fantastic job in the fires in California and Nevada. We have so much admiration and respect for you. So shout out to you. Lots of love and please be careful. Yes, there was uh, a lot of work for the firefighters over yeah. the summer. And I don't know how they made it through those weeks and months and just thousands with all of the acres heat. and dozens of fires. And it's just Homeric almost. So, Which leads into, into today's the, subject. Let's leads into today's <laughs> subject. We've noticed that we've been on a string of, well, rather deep, downers, pod, you know, deep podcasts lately, <laughs> and it all does tie back to writing. Uh, in various ways. In various ways, it's you know we're talking about the tools. We like to say that word, or I like to say the word, the tools that the writer uses to put their stuff together. And sometimes perhaps we overanalyze. We overanalyze things, give maybe too much information, but we figure if you, it's better to have too much information that you can throw out than not enough information that you seek. And That's since we're point. talking about seeking... Ooh, ooh, you're getting good here. I'm, I'm actually... It's almost as if I planned this, but no. No production, no, no production no, values, no, no preparation, no nothing. But we're going to talk about, and this was CC's suggestion, uh, is we're going to talk about the hero's journey, which is a... Uh, Another uh, is a formulaic way of doing uh, a writing, a very tried and tested way of doing writing. It's very successful, uh, but it can also be done very poorly. And we're going to cite some examples of this in the, in the podcast. And, um, you know, Cece actually wrote about the, one of those, rather, what I believe is one of those poor examples uh, this week in Throwback Thursday. And I'm getting a grumpy stare now. Well, I, I do have fond memories of it. So at the time, of course, I was a lot less, um, I don't know, uh, a lot less, boy, as a writer, I tend to lose words a lot, a lot less concerned about quality, I think. Yeah. It was, you know, the low production values that we have here yeah. can be a lot of fun, even on the receiving end. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of, groundbreaking work done mm. in the movie but maybe the writing itself was a little trite and that was done for a reason they mm. were or i should say george lucas yeah. was uh, going for a very particular audience yeah. and was very successful at it yeah yeah pretty much changed movie making uh you know there are those that could say whether it's for the better or for the worse but let's back up here a little bit and let's talk about the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell. And while he may have, you know, our, we, when we as writers think of the hero's journey, we think of Joseph Campbell's model, but the model has actually been, has been a part of literature for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. Definitely. Basically, you know, the, the naive young person starting a journey um, has is called to a higher calling, whatever that is. Along the way, they encounter a mentor and perhaps a fellow adventurer. 
And, and then there's, you know, there's trials and tribulations and victories and so on and so forth. And during this, you know, the hero's journey, the, the, the traveler is maturing or changing before us, is changing before us. And then um, as they close out the circle of the journey or they close out the trip, uh, you know, this, and the, whether the, the degree of success is debatable, we have um, we have the, the the traveler looking back on their journey and seeing how much they've changed and what what a better person they are, but a different person they are. Uh, and I'm going to just cite two very quick examples. Uh, you know that uh, people can probably relate to very quickly uh, is uh, Treasure Island mm -hmm. with Young Jim and his journey to well Treasure Island, duh, right. but, <laughs> but picking up the companions like um, you know like of course Long John Silver and the Doctor and other people that were on the ship, and you know and that, of course that's the young man's journey. And then at the end, you know, they're, they're everybody's rich and everything like that. And I. I I have a theory about the Harry's Journey, but I'm going to come back to that. And then the other obvious example uh, to me, of course, is not so much The Hobbit, which, you know, was, was okay, but it was the, the actual, the next generation, the Lord, the Lord of the Rings. Not Again, Bobo. with Frodo on this fantastic journey where he has this upper, this higher calling and picks up companions along the way, has disasters that, that would probably turn aside uh, you know, other, you know, weaker, weaker heroes. He doesn't even see himself as a hero. He feel, He's doing something just because it, he feels it needs to be done. But, uh, you know, then he encounters, you know, incredible odds and, you know, does the journey. And then, of course, we remember at the end of the journey how he looks upon his companions, his fellow hobbits, at the end there. And he's just realizing that, you know, you know we, we did it. We did something that was far beyond what was expected of us, mm -hmm. even we, our, from ourselves. And so those are the two immediate examples that I think of the hero's journey. So, uh, And there are a lot of them because, um, oh, as we mentioned, Star Wars, mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker's journey. The thing I find interesting about the Lord of the Rings and the Fellowship of the Ring or whatever you know, you know, version. We'll just call it the Lord of the Lord Rings. of the Rings trilogy is that comparing it with Star Wars, maybe. Um Frodo was more of a reluctant hero. He wasn't seeking adventure. He was happy mm -hmm. in the Shire, and he was called to the journey by his mentor, mm -hmm. Gandalf. Right. And in the case of Luke Skywalker, he was kind of the typical bored teenager, like, oh, my life sucks. You know, I all I do is chores all day, and I want adventure. And, you know, Tatooine, sand everywhere. Come on. It's hot. It's dry. I hate it. Let's go somewhere else kind of thing. Yeah, so be careful what you wish for. Right. <laughs> so you can vary parts of the hero's journey. You have the reluctant hero versus the one who really wanted adventure. Mm -hmm. And then they come to regret it. Oh, right. And, then, and, and a significant subset of the hero's journey is the, finding out that the, the, that the, the journeyer is a prince or right. a king or the, the Chosen One. Gee, which book am I talking about there? Well, you mentioned The Prince. I have recently rewatched Spaceballs. Yeah. Kind of a, a great satire mm -hmm. on the whole, basically the whole Star Wars, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek type of thing. And um, Lone Star yeah. <laughs> ends up being a prince. So he prince, can marry the right. princess. It's like, yeah. wow. 
Well, and like, you know, Harry Potter, of course, was the one that I was leading to. Right. He learns that, you know, that, he, you know, before he gets the letter, he's a bullied, abused, horribly abused young man in public school. And then all of a sudden he finds out that he's a prince of a wizarding world. And perhaps even there's an argument that he, be, that he is the king of the wizarding world because of what he does. And, and you know, there that is a classic hero's journey, too. Again, picking up companions, having humongous setback, horrible events, but eventually... Uh, coming out at the end. And that's what I wanted to allude to earlier is because I think the hero's journey works so well is because we see ourselves in the hero's journey where we have the same, where we live the same life as the hero, where we, now I don't want to use the word adventure through, but we perhaps muddle through and then we pick up mentors, which could be our parents, teachers, uh, employers, you know, just all over the place, friends. And then we have great setbacks and so on and so forth. But but our journey never ends. You know, there's, um, you know, there's the, like the old saying, the happily ever after depends on where you stop the story. Right. For us, there is no happily ever after, believe it or not, because our story continues. But we re go to literature, we go to movies, and there is that happily ever after in more cases than not for the hero's journey. Luke, you know, standing up on the, the pedestal with Leia and Chewie and Han with this big honking metal, you know, around his neck. Bonk. But that's just the first act. Yeah, but but you see my right. point there. You know, Harry Potter uh, just just you know just at the very very end, he just wants to take a nap because after everything that's gone on, have he a just sandwich and take have a, nap. A, have a sandwich and and, and take a nap. And uh, Jim in Treasure Island just wants to go home, and ironically is quite rich, but that's not important. But again, there's that happily ever after, and so. Uh, that's what we, I think we as readers like like about the hero's journey because it's like how can this story end after X Y Z has happened after you know after seeing Obi Wan cut cut in half by Darth Vader or you know et cetera et cetera et cetera et cetera so how can this happen how can it be but we see then that there is this happy ending so I think that probably the hero's journey. It, perhaps gives us more happy endings than, you know, than, than we're ever going to get in real life. Well, and that's a good point that you bring up because the, uh, there are the standalones like Treasure Island, for example, or there are the ones that become series, specifically Star Wars. So you do have the entire story arc play out through what later is the new, a new hope. Um, originally it was just Star Wars, mm -hmm. but you do have the happy ending for that movie, but then the journey continues and the story continues in the next one in A New Hope. Um, at that time, Darth Vader is very clearly a villain. We don't know the backstory yet. We don't know really who Darth Vader is or who's behind the mask. Um, so, you know, the saga continues and it, maybe that's a little bit more like our lives because we do have a series of adventures, mm -hmm. you know, um, you go to college and then you complete that you get married and then, you know, you may or may not yeah. have an end point to your marriage. So um, I don't know, in some ways I think doing it as a series of sequels is maybe a little bit more true to life than having a compact this is the beginning, this is the middle, this is the end, and that's the story. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to cite an example here with some major spoilers. We've been doing spoilers already, but I think the spoilers we've been doing are pretty much commonly known. I'm going to use a less known, well, a well-known series uh, 
but there's, I'm going to reveal some major spoilers at the end of it. So just beware. That's the Matrix series where we learn from one movie that, again, Neo is a prince. You know, he is, again, what's the word we're going to use? The chosen one. Um, and they even call him that in the, in the movie, the chosen one. And again, we see the hero's journey in, in, in the movie, in the first movie, which was a, an excellent movie. The mm -hmm. writing and the, the effects matched up marvelous. That movie yes. will probably hold up forever, in, in my subtle opinion. The sequels sucked. And why did the sequel suck? Well, first of all, um, there was a technical issue that the the that the you know the first movie was supposed to be standalone, and it really wasn't mm -hmm. supposed to be sequels. But I think, from a, a writing point of view, I think that the Matrix sequel sucked is because they forgot that there are supposed to be a happy ending. We expect happy endings uh, with the hero's journey. I mean, the dude was picked as the chosen one for a reason. Yet one of the last scenes in the third movie is what appears to be his body being dragged off into the darkness. And it's like, wait a minute, this is our chosen one. And while he may have saved, you know, while he may have saved the world, he was not supposed to sacrifice himself. He is supposed to end up with Trinity. They're supposed to be happy. And it, but clarification, we haven't seen the fourth Matrix movie and not rushing out to see it. But still, before this fourth movie came out, again, uh, again, my opinion, you know, is I think that the sequels were such a disappointment because they forgot we expect as an audience, we expect that the hero's journey is supposed to end with a happily ever after. That's a good point. But I don't know for sure if everyone is upset by the loss of the hero, because sometimes it's inevitable. And going back to Star Wars and another major spoiler, if we get into like the sequels way down the line like 30 years later it does end the skywalker saga mm -hmm. which is basically luke's story after like nine movies right um so there does come a point where the hero who started out as the naive young adventurer maybe becomes a mentor figure for someone else and then the cycle continues anew because then there's another person to pick up the story after the mentor has moved on to become a force ghost or whatever right. <laughs> you know it's like let's watch all the force ghosts at the end of the movie and see how many end up being you know right. <laughs> I mean, but it's i guess it depends on really where you think the story ends mm -hmm. so for you it was the story was neo so the loss of Neo was disappointing because that was like you were expecting the happily ever after for Neo. Mm -hmm. Whereas maybe some people were reading it as we wanted to save everybody else that was in the Matrix. And that was the happily ever after. And Neo knew what he was doing when he sacrificed himself to save everyone else. And yeah. then someone else came up. You know, he mentored someone else maybe. And uh, maybe that's what the writers were trying to do, because perhaps they started the, the Matrix as the hero's journey, and then they, they wanted to end it with, I think, and forgive me, and I, I'll put this, I'll put this in my in the uh, podcast note, podcast notes if I'm correct, but perhaps they wanted Herodotus in the doorway, you know, against the forces of evil to save those that were trapped inside the room, which you know, like I have never seen 300, but that's sort of like what I thought 300 was like. Uh, that's what the movie The Alamo was like, you know, uh, heroes standing in the doorway. And then you come in with an expectation that there's going to be sacrifice and so on and so forth. So maybe they were trying to 
uh, go from the, the the hero's journey to the hero in the doorway type model. We could talk about the hero hero in the doorway model with other movies, of course, but this being about the hero's journey, uh, you know, it's um, it, it's it's a it's a really good formula. It's a really good formula for uh, for uh, especially for folks uh, for writers who are maybe just trying out their skills, where they can just map out. You know, if you're a plotter versus a pantser, if you are a plotter, then the hero's journey, uh, there is so much internet help out there to uh, give you that kind of guidance. So that may be something that uh, that a writer would do. I would just, you know, I would just ask, this is just me asking that you don't put it up as a teenager saving the world, because after a while, that that gets a little old and there's so many examples of teenagers saving the world. But there is a reason for that because each generation needs their hero. You have, um, Oh, let's see. Trying to think you have Katniss in the hunger games, right? Katniss in the hunger games and then the the, uh, uh, pseudo hunger games one, which I can never remember. uh, Oh, oh, I can't, I've watched that movie so many times. Yeah, well, let's let's move on to uh, another but, example would be Twilight. Yes, Bella. Twi- Bella. And there is a I found a graph of the hero's journey that mentions breaking the journey into acts, mm-hmm. which can be very helpful, especially if you're, you know, we talk mainly about kind of novelizations in the most part, mm-hmm. but some people might want to write a screenplay instead of an entire novel, and that's that's something I've tried repeatedly (laughs) funny story about that maybe for another time but if you're breaking the hero's journey into acts they're saying that act one is the separation so the hero is trying to break away from the life they've been stuck Mm -hmm. in whatever their situation if they're living in the closet under the stairs or or in a you know a pit in the desert a pit in the desert act two is the supreme ordeal so what happens once the person gets away from what's familiar, they get out into the world and they find out that maybe it's not what they expected. Battle on the Death Star. Battle on the Death Star. Um, yeah. You know, all the successive, you know, in the mm-hmm. various movies. Um, in Neo's case, he's out of the Matrix yeah. and out in the real world. Out and of the, yeah, it's... Real world, yes. And, you know, you can read into that what you want. Is he in the real world or you know, yeah, which real that's world are really we talking messing about with your mind yeah we actually talked about neo actually in a previous podcast too which i'll reality. look about the, the, the issue of reality so uh I'll try to i'll try to remember to link that podcast because i thought that was also an interesting podcast about how writers shape reality and mm-hmm. the dual reality we specifically mentioned that appears in the matrix yes because that is that will mess with your mind if you think about it too hard. And we, we have to also point out that, that there's actually then two heroes' journeys going on in the Matrix. There's True. A, they're in the quote-unquote, which we're, I don't know what you want to call the real world, the perception of the mind or the, the or the outside of the mind reality. But the hero's journey was happening in both places. Right. And then according to this, Act 3 would be unification, which I assume would be uh, the hero marrying their expectations to their reality basically Mm -hmm. so the unification of belief versus um you know real life or real life or whatever the matrix or whatever so if you want to structure it specifically there are various ways you can approach the hero cycle Mm -hmm. you don't have to use every single element Mm -hmm. 
as long as you kind of end up in the same place. And that's where you take it away from the trite, basically, and make it something of your own and uh, make it a little more unique, maybe. Whereas Mm -hmm. in The Matrix, that was a very unique take on some sci-fi. And the I'm sure they took some um, liberties with earlier science fiction mm-hmm. because the ghost in the machine idea type of thing has been around for a while too. But well, super, Superman would be, could be considered, uh, you know, a hero's journey from true. a far, from a farm in Kansas to, you know, big city reporter, you know, metropolis, you know, I was just thinking about this and uh, uh, I think that the hero's journey is so entwined with our literature that we forget how entwined it is because I was just remembered, of course, that the original, uh, one of the earliest forms of surviving fiction in, in British literature, and perhaps all uh, European slash American literature, of course, is the is the story of King Arthur, mm. you know, who did not know he was, again, a prince until he pulled the sword from the stone. And then he goes from that to the betrayal of Lancelot and, and uh, uh, Marion. Is it Marion? No. No, uh, Guinevere. Guinevere, thank you. Sorry, Robin Hood. <laughs> Oops, another hero's journey. Oh. Okay, so we're going on and on and on. Right. But King Arthur is one of the earliest forms of literature, folktale, reality. That's debatable, but it's it from that has sprung a lot of Western hit literature about the, the hero's journey. And I know that we sound like we sort of backtrack back to the beginning of what I want to say, but I just want to point out to that that it has survived for so long because it is so memorable and so successful and as you pointed out so relatable to yes. our own lives so uh so it, it's it, this form of formula is very successful for for writers and there's nothing wrong with that and candidly in one of my books i used it without realizing i'm using it i'm not going to mention it because i talk about that book all the time and it's it's rather boring uh to talk about it all the time but uh you know, that's that there. I didn't even realize I was using that formula because it's so deeply ingrained because in you. it's so deeply ingrained. And I'm going to bet that probably by the time you finish your writing career, you will probably be using it if you were not if you have not already used it. I probably have without thinking about it. And you bring up a good point in that. And this is something that we've mentioned before repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've repeatedly read and viewed these types of stories and they have become ingrained. So part of the writing process is repetition. The more familiar you are with something, the easier it is to do without thinking about it. And and that's when you get the, um, that's the more, I don't know, it's the, it's almost like it's an intuitive, Mm -hmm. you just sit down and it's like typing. Uh, and, and here's an example of that is because, uh, and here's a very good example of that is, is uh, it is so ingrained into us that it's, you know, it's all at that subconscious level that when we, our subconscious sees a movie or, you know, or a book that we're participating in that doesn't exactly follow that, then it, it, it starts, it's like fingernails down the chalkboard, which is ironic. Because we, as old people, are always complaining that Hollywood keeps recycling the same thing over and over again. But when they do something new that goes against something that's so tried and true as the hero's journey, we start getting all grumpy and everything. And it's like, man, why did they waste their time on waste our time on this and waste their money on this? It's 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 a, it's a strange bit of irony. Well, and it's funny you bring up the aging process relating to this. The 
kind of the uh, inspiration behind the whole Star Wars thing in the first place was Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers and the oh. serialized movies of George Lucas's childhood movies, comic mm-hmm. books, you know, whatever he was. Uh, and Flash Gordon, the the uh, football hero who right. is cast into the stars and finds this in. Here we go again. The princess and, you know, but it's the every generation kind of takes off on what the previous generation has done. Mm -hmm. And that's why we do see a lot of recycling. And over time, as you get older, it does become boring because it's like, Oh my gosh, how many times can you remake this story without? But then the flip side again, yeah. Then the flip side again is, is when we see somebody that tries to go out aside a little bit and it's the, you know, an example of that would be the the Hunger Games, you know, ripoff that we can't remember. <laughs> we can't remember. Oh, it's going to drive us crazy. But uh, no, anyway, we, we really should bring this home anyway, and we'll put I'll put it in the uh, put it in the blog post. Uh, so, how do we conclude this? Because we are running out of time. Uh, is that the 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 hero's journey tried and true. I think good, good for writing. Everyone is familiar with Everybody it. Everybody is familiar with it's it. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. Uh, it, it may not make you a millionaire instantly as a writer, but it's uh, it's something out there which uh, you can do to improve your skills and basically get out of the way because everybody does an oh, a hero's journey book eventually if they're doing any kind of writing. And I think you might even be able to say that it's hard to avoid doing the hero's journey because your character should go through some kind of a learning process and evolution. Yes. So that's, it's just, it's human nature basically. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe hero is a misnomer because the, yes, we all want to be the hero of our own story, but I was just thinking that in these stories, they become recognized as a hero. Mm-hmm. Whereas most of us live our lives doing our little heroic day-to-day things and we're never recognized as a hero. And um, I mean, something like maybe The Last Starfighter. There's mm-hmm. another hero's journey Yeah, another you. prince. Another great movie. Oh, yeah. I may have to do that one for a throwback Thursday. I oh, love yeah. The Last Starfighter. So it's the, the idea that we can leave the mundane parts of our life and we can be recognized for being something more than what we are. Yeah. And I think that's in a way, and I'm just very quickly because we already know the time. And in a way that's an injustice to ourselves because in these days and times, which may be the most challenging in the history of humankind. And you know, every, every generation says that too, by the way, Uh, that fact that we are able to navigate these days and get through these days and get to the end of the days and survive and sometimes thrive uh, during these very, very tough times. Uh, it, we, we are heroes. We just don't recognize ourselves as heroes because it's it's day-to-day stuff. And everyone else is going through the same and thing. So actually, you know what? Pat yourself on the back, folks. You're a hero. You're a hero, folks. You're our you're, hero. Yeah. If uh, anybody hasn't told you, told you this today, you totally rock. You're totally awesome. You are a hero. Keep going. Uh, and uh, just remember... You are where you have you. You are where you are right now because you have won your battles, and you will continue to win your battles. And I think that's a good way to let's wrap this puppy up. That's a good idea. I think on a high note, we've had a few downers, so this is a we're looking at the more positive aspect of even mm-hmm. though there are channel challenges, we want to end it on yeah. that happily ever after. Yep. So you guys rock. So consider today being here right now. You're happily ever after. That's 
Perfect. Time for the commercial. You can hear about this another this podcast and other podcasts at our website at carsonhume.com. We also have blog posts out there. We talk about Throwback Thursday, where CC talks about uh, you know literature and movies from, uh, from the past. The past. <laughs> the past. Uh, we do Monday blogs every once in a while. We do haikus every once in a while. There's some stuff out there. Mostly, though, what we're most proud of is these podcasts, where we try to give writers tools and ideas and inspiration to keep writing. Don't stop writing. Uh, keep out there. You rock. You're a hero. And I think we're done. I think that's it. So for until the next time, uh, sitting across from me is Cece. And across from me is JT. You all take care of yourself. And uh, we'll, we'll be talking again soon. And enjoy the end of summer. Bye.